Uh, Kim, I guess if you can talk about West Virginia, what you see from them and uh, just kind of the uh, challenge there, I guess, particularly going on the road to Morgantown. Three returning starters, a great um, shooter and scorer in Kaiser. Um, you know what you get defensively from them. Very hard-nosed, aggressive defense. Uh, very difficult to make that first pass. Uh, going on the road, the only difference is um, I understand there won't be fans uh, in the arena other than probably parents. Um, they are playing very, very uh, excited. Uh, they just beat Tennessee, and they're undefeated. Okay, Kim, yeah, kind of following up on that. Uh, Kaiser, I think, scored 27 against Tennessee. Is that kind of a classic DD matchup for you guys? Well, if they walked the ball up the floor, it would be. What we are having to adjust to just – because we're so inexperienced in transition defense, just like at Arkansas. They're going to push the ball up the floor, so in transition defense, you're not going to be caught on Kaiser every time. You're going to be caught on different people. So um, in the perfect world, it would possibly be that. In a half-court set, it would possibly be that. But they, they push it. So Didi's going to be caught on several players, and uh, the other perimeter players for us are going to have to guard her as well. And just a follow-up defensive question there. Um, moving the feet to get in front of people and not getting in a foul situation, is that kind of been a message the last couple of days since the Arkansas game? No, I watch the film myself. Uh, mm -hmm. Not that I don't always, but um, I wanted to see if we fouled that much. I wanted to see if 39 free throws were actually um, – should have been shot. And quite frankly, I think there were some terrible calls um, – in the game, we outscored them seven field goals. Um, you know, this game is um, a lot of bumping, a lot of contact. Um, so I can't get on our kids in some of those uh, situations because I, I thought Arkansas, you know, were smart in that they have those returning players and they know how to make just enough contact to sell it. Uh, but I knew that before we played. I just didn't know it would be 39 free throws. And so – uh, we did move our feet. I think what happens at the end of it is when we move our feet and they make a move, we're either trying to block it or we don't get our body out of the way or they are able to come in and learn how to uh, connect with you and draw the foul. Yeah, Coach, you all have played some quality non-conference opponents starting conference this early in the season with a little bit of an inexperienced team. Does, does it help given the familiarity with the teams you guys are going to start seeing a lot more now? Well, I certainly didn't plan the, the season to start out with three quality opponents on the road. Um, you can get away with that and do that if you're experienced and you've got returning players um, and be comfortable. What you're, you've become concerned about is if you don't win ball games, what's the psych of the team afterwards? Is their confidence just shot um, or are they able to bounce back? Um, so we're split now, one and one of those three games that are in a row that are on the road that are tough. This is an important game, obviously, because it is conference. This game will not win or lose the conference for you. This game will be another indicator of have we made progress? How much further do we have to go? Um, because this is just one of, I hope, what, 18 in our league, but I don't know if we'll get 18 conference games in. So um, 
This was played now, obviously, and the one played Monday because of COVID. Um, it's my understanding that because we play or on the schedule to play UConn in January, that we go to to this road game that was thrown at us, um, you know, when the conference schedule came out. And I guess, uh, is, there, is there a learning curve just in terms of high school to college and particularly to this level? And how is that going for you in terms of adjusting to that? Um, it definitely is just learning how to work hard every single day, push hard every single day and every single practice all the time. Because in high school, you really don't have to because you have the talent. But here you have to work hard every single day. And the level of intensity is at an all-time high all the time. But I'm definitely learning how to adjust and how to be mentally stronger throughout that. And as far as kind of following up on what Jerry said as well, you've got both Queen and Alyssa who give the team height inside. How much do you feed off of them and how much have they helped you as part of leadership to, to understand what's expected to be a Baylor, Bear, a Baylor, Baylor Lady Bear basketball player? They've definitely stepped up and helped me a lot and um, definitely taught me how how to be stronger and uh, be tougher throughout practices and games. And they definitely hype me up when I do good. And um, I learn different counter moves and things from them every day, and jumping on every shot. So they're definitely a big help. Kim, uh, obviously after the loss, you have had, what, one, maybe two practices. Earlier you were asked about defending or fouls, whatever. What what are you like after a loss? Is it one of those where you're tougher, or is it sometimes when you then embrace them even more? I think it depends on the team, and it depends on what kind of loss it was. Uh, a loss is a loss, but some of those losses are are um, you got to be fair to your team, the makeup of your team, what you have, how did you play. Um, when I scheduled this game, I knew it would be very, you know, the SEC, you know, when it was scheduled, I should say, um, I knew it was going to be tough. You have to to know your personnel and know what you're going through. I've said it many times with this COVID stuff, the teams that are the most successful are the ones that have returning players and the experience because coaching right now is not the norm. It's not normal. You can't get in your locker room. You can't get on the boards. You can't get in the film room. You got to find places to spread out. There's just, there's just not that coaching feel going on right now. So the returning, the teams that have those returning players, they're at an advantage. They're at an advantage under normal circumstances, but they're really at an advantage. Now you saw the losses last night, Duke men get beat by Illinois. You know, it, it's, it's a learning curve right now. That's not fair to young teams because they don't even really know what it feels like to go in a locker room and watch film or what it feels like to go in a locker room and change your clothes at your locker and see your name on your locker. Those are a part of um, college athletics that, that, I miss and that the, the new ones don't even know anything about yet. Um, so I knew what we faced. Um, I knew the style of offense. I thought looking at the film and breaking it down for myself last night, I'm not near as disappointed 
um, as I thought I would be. I think it's very difficult to coach with a mask on. I can't get up in a referee without them saying, put your mask on, put your mask on. So, I mean, it's like, how do you get your team energized if you can't take your mask off and scream and get excited and do those things? It's like a walking around like a bunch of mummies, you know, wrapped up. And so uh, we will do the best that we can to grow. We will not um, lose our confidence, but it's not going to happen overnight where all of a sudden, man, that one loss and man, we're going to be all world. We've got a, we've got a lot of growth, both on offense and defense uh, to do. And all you do is the best you can do under the circumstances. Kim, I, I know you've, uh, you've kind of brought it up before about how a conference uh, champion is determined. It seems like if not all the games are played, maybe it goes to winning percentage. But have you gotten any any clarification on that now that, you know, with conference play starting uh, tomorrow night? Uh, Chad, they probably have something in place, but I haven't even thought about that in detail. Um, I think that's so far from my mind and a lot of coaches' minds. Um, we understand uh, just like you're seeing in football with Ohio State and all these kind of games being canceled that are important to the playoffs. I really don't know how it's going to be done. I'm sure there'll be a, 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 a thing that they'll a procedural thing they'll follow. But then you go on to the NCAA playoffs. How do you how do you rank people? I, I don't know. At the end of the day, I've said this: there ought to be a little asterisk next to everything in 2020 just put a little asterisk that just says COVID in parentheses so none of us will ever forget this year at the same time though I mean your conference championship winning streak I mean that, that's got to be something that y'all are all hungry to keep intact well absolutely you're hungry to win that Arkansas game we're hungry to win the West Virginia game that you don't make excuses losses or, or anything like that you have to go play and everybody's under the same um, stresses of what we're dealing with so you compete but it's it's you just it's out of the norm it's um, it's unusual um, you know it may be a situation where if you don't play 18 games and you have one loss in conference but you're on a roll but they have more than games and you and wins seasons over hey your conference champs you know so it's stuff like that that's out of your control Hannah um you kind of touched on it earlier but just that opportunity to go against queen every day um I'm, I'm guessing that sometimes it can be humbling but how much does that you know how much does that better does that make you um it definitely makes me a lot better like mentally tougher stronger learning how to not just do like regular high school moves, having to face up and really do moves and counter moves. So it's definitely helped me a lot and bettered me. Kim, you, you touched on it a little bit at, after the game the other day that, you know, like who was she going to guard? Cause I asked you about her minutes. It, what, what does West Virginia have? I know they have some size, but it looks like they start a lot of guards. Well, first of all, based on minutes played, Hannah Gusters has done her job. Right. You have to go on who we're playing and make sure you put her in a position to have some success. And it usually starts on the defensive end of the floor. 
you don't want her to lose her confidence because there's nobody on the floor she can guard. And I'm asking her to go out there and guard a three-point, you know, off-the-dribble type of player. She understands all that. Uh, you explain that to them in the film room. Uh, I think that West Virginia has post players that are much different um, than Arkansas. Arkansas's two five players did not score a basket. All they were were screen, you know, set screens. Their post players are at, at West Virginia are more involved offensively, but they're more involved on rebounding the ball hard, defending hard, and they'll take you a little bit off the dribble from the high post. They can't shoot the perimeter shot. So, you know, it's a different type of team. There are things that they do like Arkansas, but it's a different type of offense. They have good perimeter shooters. They do play three to four guards at a time. But you make sure that Hannah's in a position to grow, and uh, I, I'm very pleased with Hannah Gusters. Is Mike still mainly man defense? Is that, is that he, what he is, but he's thrown some zone in there. Uh, yes, he, he's playing a little two three zone, but he's still a man to man coach, and um, uh, and I'm sure he will challenge us to hit some perimeter shots. So as tough and hard nosed as his man to man defense is, I'm sure he's going to have some principles to challenge us. Kim. Nalissa Smith, obviously her freshman year, she was dynamic when you needed her to be, but you had Kalani and then Lauren Cox. Then last year you had Lauren Cox, and it's one thing to be good, but it's another thing then to be the person that has to be the player. Is is Nalissa ready for that challenge this year by being the one inside, and she has to – I know Queen's there and Hannah, but is she ready for that challenge to take on this team on her shoulders? Well, first of all, Melissa is not a back-to-the-basket, give-me-a-big-presence-and-a-target-down-there-like-Cox-and-Kalani are. So they drew a lot of attention when we would get them touches down there at the block, which allowed Melissa to move and, and maneuver and get baskets either off passes, off offensive rebounds, face-up jumpers. So she is not – the same type of post player that they were and, and that draws attention. Nalissa is what you, I guess, would call like a stretch four type of post player. So Nalissa's game is different. Here's the difference today with Nalissa versus the first two years. You said it. Cox and Kalani draw a lot of the attention defensively, and you can sneak in there and make things happen, and people – don't have you as an emphasis on a scouting report when you are a freshman and a sophomore. Now she is, you can't hide her. She's going to be the first thing people talk about on a scouting report on how to defend her. So you allow her to understand that. I told her before the, um, the season ever started, as you sit with your team and you, you teach them um, how this, thing works, I told her this will be your most difficult year. And I don't know that she understood that. I think she's understanding it now. And it has nothing to do with her work habits, nothing to do that she's doing anything different. It's who you're playing with now, who on the scouting report is being emphasized. Now, it doesn't help, Nalissa, when you don't have a five player who's in foul trouble over there you know, that's a part of the problem as far as the whole group 
being able to do things fluid and poised. So, um, you know, I'm not concerned about Melissa Smith shooting. Keep shooting it, you know, keep shooting it. That's just the way you get out of uh, shooting slumps. And second way you get out of it is go do something else. Go get an offensive rebound. Uh, get to the foul line, and she's doing that. She's averaging almost 11 rebounds a game. She's shooting great from the foul line. She's just, you know, she's not a hidden commodity for us anymore.